Scene one. Enter Pericles on the shipboard. Thou god of this great vast, rebuke these surges which wash both heaven and hell. And thou that hast upon the wind's command bind them in brass, having called them from the deep. Oh, still thy deafening, dreadful thunders gently quench thy nimble sulfurous flashes. Oh, how like Corrida, how does my queen, thou stormest venomously, wilt thou spit all thyself? The seaman's whistle is as a whisper in the ears of death unheard. Lycorida, Lucina, oh, divine is patroness and midwife gentle to those that cry by night. Convey thy deity aboard our dancing boat. Make swift the pangs of my queen's travails. Enter Lycorida with an infant. Now, Lycorida. Here is a thing too young for such a place, who if it had conceit would die as I am like to do. Take in your arms this piece of your dead queen. How? Oh. How like Orida? Patience, good sir, even for this charge. Oh, you gods, why do you make us love your goodly gifts and snatch them right away? We here below recall not what we give, and therein may use honor with you. Now, mild may be thy life. For a more blusterous birth had never babe. Quiet and gentle thy conditions, for thou art the rudeliest welcome to the world that ever was, prince's child. Happy what follows. Thou hast as chiding a nativity as fire, air, water, earth, and heaven can make to herald thee from the womb. Even at the first thy loss is more than thy can portage quit, with all thou canst find here. Now the good gods throw their best eyes upon it. Two sailors enter. What courage, sir? God save you. Courage enough. I do not fear the flaw. It hath done to me the worst. Yet for the love of this poor infant, this fresh new seafarer. I would it would be quiet. Sir, your queen must overboard. The sea works high, the wind is loud, and will not lie till the ship be cleared of the dead. That's your superstition. Pardon us, sir. With us at sea, it has still been observed, and we are strong in custom. Therefore, briefly yield her, for she must overboard straight. As you think me. Most wretched queen. Here she lies, sir. Pericles has found the love of his life only for her to perish in a storm. Pericles has a choice in front of him, albeit hard to bear. Should he part with Thaisa's worldly body, or keep her in ignorance? A terrible childbed hast thou had, my dear. No light, no fire. The unfriendly elements forgot thee utterly. Nor have I time to give thee hallowed to thy grave, but straight must cast thee, scarcely coffined in the ooze, but for a monument upon thy bones and air remaining lamps, the belching well and humming water must o'erwhelm thy corpse, lying with simple shells. Oh. Like Corrida, 
Bid Nestor bring me spices, ink and paper, my casket and my jewels. And, and bid Nicander bring me the saddened coffer, lay the babe upon the pillow. Hie thee, whiles I say a priestly farewell to her. Suddenly, woman! Lycorida exits. Sir, we have a chest beneath the hatches, caught and by tomb ready. I thank thee. Mariner, say, what coast is this? You're near Tarsus. Thither, gentle mariner. Alter thy course for Tyre. When canst thou reach it? By break of day, if the wind cease. Oh, make for Tarsus. Uh, there I will visit Cleon, uh, for the babe cannot hold out the Tyrus. There I'll leave it, at careful nursing. Go thy ways, good mariner. I'll bring the body presently. Scene 2. Ephesus. A room inside Cyrman's house. Cyrman enters with others whom have been shipwrecked. Philemon, ho. Philemon enters. Doth my lord call? Get fire and meat for these poor men. Tas been a turbulent and stormy night. Two gentlemen enter. What is that? Tis like a coffin, sir. Set it down. Let's look upon it. Whate'er it be, tis wondrous heavy, wretched open straight. If the sea's stomach be o'ercharged with gold, tis a good constraint of fortune it belches upon us. How close tis cocked and betumed, did the sea cast it up? Wretched open. Oh, you most potent gods, what's here, a corse? Shrouded in cloth of state, bombed and entreasured, with full bags of spices, a passport too. Apollo, perfect me in the characters. Cyrman reads from a scroll. Here I give to understand, if e'er this coffin drive a land, I, King Pericles, have lost this queen worth all our mundane cost, who finds her give her burying. She was the daughter of a king. Besides this treasure for a fee, the gods requite his charity. If thou livest, Pericles, thou hast a heart that even cracks for woe, this chanced tonight. For look how fresh she looks, they were too rough, that threw her in the sea, make a fire within. Fetch hither all my boxes in my closet. A servant exits. Death may usurp on nature many hours, and yet the fire of life kindle again. The oppressed spirits I heard of an Egyptian that had nine hours lying dead, who was by good appliance recovered. A servant re-enters. Well said, well said, the fire and cloths, the rough and woeful music that we have, cause it to sound, beseech you, the vial once more, how thou stirrest, thou block, the music there, I pray you, give her air, gentlemen, this queen will live, nature awakes a warmth, breathes out of her, she hath not been entranced above five hours, see how she begins to blow into life's flower again? Theusa begins to move. She is alive, behold, her eyelids, cases to those heavenly jewels which Pericles hath lost, begin to part their fringes of bright gold. The diamonds of a most praised water do appear to make the world twice rich. Live, and make us weep to hear your fate, fair creature, rare as you seem to be. Scene three, Tarsus, a room inside Cleon's house. Enter Pericles, Cleon, Dionysa, 
and Lycorida with Marina in her arms. Most honored Cleon, I must needs be gone. My twelve months are expired, and Tyrus stands in a litigious peace. You and your lady take from my heart all thankfulness. The gods make up the rest upon you. Your shafts of fortune, though they hurt you mortally, yet glance full wanderingly on us. Oh, your sweet queen, that the strict fates had pleased you had brought her hither, to have blessed mine eyes with her. I cannot but obey the powers above us. Could I rage and roar, as doth the sea she lies in? Yet the end must be as tis. My gentle babe, Marina, whom for she was born at sea I have named so, here I charge your charity withal, leaving her the infant of your care, beseeching you to give her princely training, that she may be mannered as she is born. Fear not, my lord, but think. Your grace that fed my country with your corn, for which the people's prayers still fall upon you, must in your child be thought on. If neglection should therein make me vile, the common body by you relieved would force me to my duty. But if to that my nature need a spur, the gods revenge it upon me and mine to the end of generation. I believe you. Your honor and your goodness teach me to it without your vows. Till she be married, madam, by bright Diana, whom we honor, all uncissered shall this hair of mine remain, though I show ill in it. So I take my leave. Good madam, make me blessed in your care in bringing up my child. I have one myself, who shall not be more dear to my respect than yours, my lord. Madam, my thanks and prayers. We'll bring your grace into the edge of the shore, then give you up to the masked Neptune and the gentlest winds of heaven. I will embrace your offer. Come. Dearest madam, oh, no tears, like Lycorida, no tears. Look to your little mistress, on whose grace you depend on hereafter. Come, my lord. Scene one. Scene one. Tarsus, the palace. Enter Dionysa and Leonine. Thy oath remember, thou hast sworn to do it. Tis but a blow which never shall be known. Thou canst not do a thing in the world so soon to yield thee so much profit. Let not conscience, which is but cold, inflaming love in thy bosom, inflame too nicely, nor let pity, which even women have cast off, melt thee, but be a soldier to thy purpose. I will do it, but yet she is a goodly creature. The fitter, then, the god should have her. Here she comes, weeping for her only mistress's death. Thou art resolved? I am resolved. Enter Marina with a box of flowers. No, I will rob Tellus of her weed, to strew thy green with flowers. The yellows, blues, the purple violets, and marigolds shall as a carpet hang upon thy grave while summer days do last. Ay, me, poor maid, born in a tempest when my mother died. This world to me is like a lasting storm, worrying me from my friends. How now, Marina? Why do you keep alone? How chance my daughter is not with you? Do not consume your blood with sorrowing. You have a nurse of me. Lord, how your favors changed with this unprofitable woe. 
Come, give me your flowers. They're the sea marit. Walk with Leonine. The air is quick there, and it pierces and sharpens the stomach. Come, Leonine. Take her by the arm. Walk with her. No, I pray you. I'll not bereave you of your servant. Come, come. I love the king your father and yourself with more than foreign heart. We every day expect him here. When he shall come and find our paragon to all reports thus blasted, he will repent the breadth of his great voyage. Blame both my lord and me that we have taken no care to your best courses. Go, I pray you, walk and be cheerful once again. Reserve that excellent complexion which did steal the eyes of young and old. Care not for me. I can go home alone. Well, I will go, but yet I have no desire to it. Come, come. I know tis good for you. Walk half an hour, Leonine, at the least. Remember what I have said. I warrant you, madam. I'll leave you, my sweet lady, for a while. Pray, walk softly. Do not heat your blood. My thanks, sweet madam. Dionysa exits. Is this wind westerly that blows? Southwest. When I was born, the wind was north. Wast so? My father, as nurse said, did never fear, but cried, Good seaman, to the sailors, galling his kingly hands, hailing ropes, and clasping to the mast, endured a sea that almost burst the deck. When was this? When I was born. Never was waves nor wind more violent, and from the ladder tackle washes off a canvas climber. Ha! says one, wilt out? And with a dropping industry they skip from stem to stern, the boatswain whistles and the master calls and trebles their confusion. Come, say your prayers. What mean you? If you require a little space for prayer, I grant it. Pray, but be not tedious, for the gods are quick of ear, and I am sworn to do my work with haste. Why will you kill me? To satisfy my lady. Why would she have me killed? Now, as I can remember by my troth, I never did her hurt in all my life. I never spake bad word, nor did ill turn to any living creature. Believe me, la, I never killed a mouse nor hurt a fly. I trod upon a worm against my will, but I wept for it. How have I offended wherein my death might yield her any profit, or my life imply her any danger? My commission is not to reason of the deed, but do it. You will not do it for all the world, I hope. You are well favored, and your looks for show you have a gentle heart. I saw you lately when you caught hurt in parting two that fought. Good sooth, it showed well in you. Do so now. Your lady seeks my life. Come you between and save poor me, the weaker. I am sworn and will dispatch. As he seizes her, pirates enter. Hold, villain! A prize! A prize! Half part, mates, half part. Come. Let's have her aboard suddenly. The pirates run off with Marina as Leonine enters. These roguing thieves serve the great Valdez, and they have seized Marina. Let her go. There's no hope she will return. I'll swear she's dead and thrown into the sea. But I'll see further. Perhaps they will but please themselves upon her, not carry her aboard. If she remain, whom they have ravished, must by me be slain. Scene 2. 
Mytilene, a room in a brothel. Enter Pander, Baud, and Bolt. Bolt! Sir? Search the market narrowly. Mytilene is full of gallants. We lost too much money this mart by being too wenchless. We were never so much out of creatures. We have but poor three, and they can do no more than they can do. And they, with continual action, are even as good as rotten. Therefore, let's have fresh ones. <laughs> Whatever we pay for them. If there not be a conscience to be used in every trade, we shall never prosper. Thou sayest true. Tis not our bringing up of poor bastards, as I think I have brought up some eleven. I to eleven, and brought them down again. But shall I search the market? What else, man? The stuff we have, a strong wind will blow it to pieces, they are so pitifully sodden. <sighs> Thou sayest true. They're too mm, wholesome, old conscience. Mm, the poor Transylvanian is dead that lay with the little baggage. Aye, she quickly pooped him and made him roast meat for worms. But I'll go search the market. Bolt exits. Three or four thousand check-ins were as pretty a proportion to live quietly, and so give over. Why to give over, I pray you? Is it a shame to get when we are old? Oh, our credit comes not in like the commodity, nor the commodity wages not with the danger. Therefore, if in our youths we could pick up some pretty estate, twere not amiss to keep our door hatched. Besides, the sore terms we stand upon with the gods will be strong with us for giving over. Come, other sorts offend as well as we. As well as we? Aye, and better too. We offend worse. Neither is our profession any trade. It's no calling. Uh, but here comes Bolt. Bolt re-enters with Marina and the pirates in tow. Come your ways. My masters, you say she's a virgin. Oh, sir, we doubt it not. Master, I have gone through for this piece, you see. If you like her, so. If not, I have lost my earnest. Bolt, has she any qualities? She has a good face, uh, speaks well, and has... Excellent, good clothes. There's no further necessity of qualities. Can make her be refused. What's her price, Bolt? I cannot be baited one doit of a thousand pieces. Well, follow me, my masters. You shall have your money presently. Wife, take her in. Instruct her what she has to do, that she may not be raw in her... <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> Pander and the pirates exit. Bolt, take you the marks of her, the color of her hair, complexion, height, age, with warrant of her virginity, and cry, He that shall give the most shall have her first. <laughs> Such a maidenhead were no cheap thing, if men were as they have been. Get this done as I command you. <laughs> 
performance shall follow. He exits. Alack, that Leonine was so slack, so slow. He should have struck, not spoke, or that these pirates, not enough barbarous, had not overboard thrown me for to seek my mother. Why lament you, pretty one? That I am pretty. Come, the gods have done their part in you. I accuse them not. You are the light into my hands where you are like to live. The more my fault to escape his hands where I was like to die. Aye, and you shall live in pleasure. No. Yes, indeed you shall, and taste gentlemen of all fashions. You shall fare well. You shall have the difference of all complexions. What? Do you stop your ears? Are you a woman? What would you have me be, and I not be a woman? An honest woman or not a woman? Mary, whip thee, gosling. I think I shall have something to do with you. Come, you're a young foolish sapling, and must be bowed as I would have you. The gods defend me! If it please the gods to defend you by men, then men must comfort you, men must feed you, men must stir you up. Bolt's returned. Bolt re-enters. Now, sir, hast thou cried her through the market? I have cried her almost to the number of her hairs. I have drawn her picture with me voice. And I prithee tell me, how dost thou find the inclination of the people, especially of the younger sort? Faith, they listened to me as they would have hearkened to their father's testament. There was a Spanish mouth so watered that he went to bed to her very description. We shall have him here tomorrow with his best ruff on. Tonight, tonight! But, mistress, do you know the French knight that cowers in the hams? Who? Monsieur Varolis? Aye, he. He offered to cut a caper at the proclamation. But he made a groan at it and swore he would see her tomorrow. Well, well. As for him, he brought his disease hither. Here he does not repair it. I know he will come in our shadow to scatter his crowns in the sun. Well, if we had of every nation a traveller, we should lodge them with this sign. Pray you, come hither a while. You have fortunes coming upon you. Mark me. You must seem to do that fearfully which you commit willingly. Despise profit where you have most gain. To weep that you live as you do makes pity in your lovers. Seldom, but that pity begets you a good opinion, and that opinion a mere profit. I understand you not. Oh, take her home, mistress, take her home. These blushes of hers must be quenched with some present practice. Thou sayest true. In faith, so they must. For your bride goes to that with shame, which is her way to go with warrant. Faith, some do, and some do not. But, mistress... If I have bargained for the joint... Thou mayest cut a morsel off the spit. I may so. Who should deny it? Come, young one. I like the manner of your garments well. Aye, by my faith, they shall not be changed yet. Bolt, spend thou that in town. Report what a sojourner we have. You'll lose nothing by custom. When nature flamed this piece, she meant thee a good turn. Therefore, say what a paragon she is, and thou hast the harvest out of thine own report. 
I warrant you, mistress, thunder shall not so awake the beds of eels as my giving out her beauty stir up the lewdly inclined. I'll bring some home tonight. Come your ways. Follow me. If fires be hot, knives sharper, waters deep, untied, I still my virgin knot will keep. Diana, aid my purpose. What have we to do with Diana? Pray you, will you go with us? Scene three, Tarsus, a room inside Cleon's house. Why, are you foolish? Can it be undone? Oh, Dionysa, such a piece of slaughter the sun and moon ne'er looked upon. I think you'll turn a child again. Were I chief lord of all this spacious world, I'd give it to undo the deed. A lady much less in blood than virtue, yet a princess to equal any single crown of the earth in the justice of compare. Oh, villain Leonine! whom thou hast poisoned too. If thou hadst drunk to him, t'had been a kindness becoming well thy fact. What canst thou say when noble Pericles shall demand his child? That she is dead. Nurses are not the fates to foster it, nor ever to preserve. She died at night. I'll say so. Who can cross it? Unless you play the pie is innocent, and for an honest attribute cry out, she died by foul play. I'll go to. Well, well, of all the faults beneath the heavens, the gods do like this worse. Be one of those that think the petty wrens of Tarsus will fly hence and open this to Pericles. I do shame to think of what a noble strain you are, and of how coward a spirit. To such proceeding, whoever but his approbation added, though not his prime consent, he did not flow from honorable sources. Be it so, then. Yet none does know but you how she came dead, nor none can know, Leonine being gone. She did disdain my child, and stood between her and her fortunes. None would look on her, but cast their gazes on Marina's face, whilst ours was blurted at and held unwoken not worth the time of day. It pierced me through, and though you call my course unnatural, you not your child well-loving, yet I find it greets me as an enterprise of kindness perform to your sole daughter. Heavens, forgive it! And as for Pericles, what should he say? We wept after her hearse, and yet we mourn. Her monument is almost finished, and her epitaphs in glittering golden characters express a general praise to her, and care in us, at whose expense tis done. Thou oh, art like the harpy, which to betray, dust with thine angel's face, seize with thine eagle's talons. You are like one that superstitiously doth swear to the gods that winter kills the flies. But yet I know you'll do as I advise. Thus time we waste, and longest leagues make short, Sail seas in cockles, have and wish but for it, Making, to take your imagination, From born to born, region to region, By you being pardoned, we commit no crime To use one language in each several clime Where our scenes seem to live. I do beseech you to learn of me, who stand in the gaps to teach you the stages of our story. Pericles is now again thwarting the wayward seas, attended on by many a lord and knight, to see his daughter, all his life's delight. 
Old Escanes, whom Helicanus late advanced in time to great and high estate, is left to govern. Bear you it in mind, old Helicanus goes along behind. While sailing ships and bounteous winds have brought this king to Tarsus, think his pilot thought, so with his steerage shall your thoughts grow on to fetch his daughter home, who first is gone. Like motes and shadows see them move a while, your ears unto your eyes I'll reconcile. See how belief may suffer by foul show. This borrowed passion stands for true old woe, and Pericles, in sorrow all devoured, with sighs shot through, and biggest tears o'er showered, leaves Tarsus and again embarks. He swears never to wash his face, nor cut his hairs. He puts on sackcloth and to sea. He bears a tempest, which his mortal vessel tears, and yet he rides it out. Now please you wit, the epitaph is for Marina writ by wicked Dionysus. The fairest, sweetest, and best lies here, who withered in her spring of year. She was of Tyrus, the king's daughter, on whom fell death hath made this slaughter. Marina was she called, and at her birth, Thetis, being proud, swallowed some part of the earth. Therefore the earth, fearing to be o'erflowed, hath Thetis' birth child on the heavens bestowed. Wherefore she does, and swears she'll never stint, make raging battery upon shores of flint. No visor does become black villainy, so well as soft and tender flattery. Let Pericles believe his daughter's dead, and bear his courses to be ordered by Lady Fortune, while our scene must play his daughter's woe and heavy well a day in her unholy service. Patience, then, and think you now are all in Mytilene. Scene 5. Mytilene. A street before the brothel. Two gentlemen enter from the brothel. Oh, did you ever hear the like? No, nor never shall do in such a place as this, she being once gone. Oh, but to have divinity preach there, did you ever dream of such a thing? No, no. Come, I am for no more body houses. Shall go hear the vestal sing? I'll do anything now that is virtuous, but I am out of the road of rutting forever. Scene six. A room inside the brothel. Enter Pander, Bod, and Bolt. Oh, well, I had rather than twice the worth of her she had never come here. She's able to freeze the god Priapus and undo a whole generation. We must either get her ravished or be rid of her. When she should do for clients her fitment and do me the kindness of our profession, she has me her quirks, her reasons, her master reasons, her prayers, her knees, that she would make a Puritan of the devil if he should cheapen a kiss of her. Faith! I must ravish her, or she'll defurnish us of all our cavaliers, and make our swearers priests. Now the pox upon her green sickness for me. Faith, there's no way to be rid on it but by the way to the pox. <gasps> Here comes Lord Lysimachus, disguised. We should have both Lord and Lon, if the peevish baggage would but give way to customers. Lysimachus enters. How now? How a dozen of virginities? Now the gods to bless your honor. I am glad to see your honor in good health. You may so. Tis the better for you that your resorters stand upon sound legs. 
How now, wholesome iniquity have you, that a man may deal with all and defy the surgeon? We have here one, sir, if she would, but there never came her like in Mytilene. If she do the deed of darkness, thou wouldst say. Your honor knows what tis to say well enough. Well, call forth, call forth. For flesh and blood, sir, white and red, you shall see a rose. And she were a rose indeed, if she had but... What, prithee? Oh, sir, I can be modest. That dignifies the renown of a bard, no less than it gives a good report to a number to be chased. Bolt exits. Here comes that which grows to the stock, never plucked yet, I can assure you. Bolt re-enters with Marina. Is she not a fair creature? Faith, she would serve after a long voyage at sea. Well, there's for you. Leave us. I beseech your honor, give me leave. A word, and I'll have done presently. I beseech you. Do. First, I would have you note, this is an honorable man. I desire to find him so, that I may worthily note him. Next, he's the governor of this country, and a man whom I am bound to. If he govern the country, you are bound to him indeed. But how honorable he is in that, I know not. Pray you, without any more virginal fencing, will you use him kindly? He will line your apron with gold. What he will do graciously, I will thankfully receive. Have you done? My lord, she's not paced yet. You must take some pains to work her to your manage. Come, we will leave his honor and her together. Go thy ways. Pander, Bond, and Bolto exit. Now, pretty one, how long have you been at this trade? What trade, sir? Why, I, I cannot name it, but I shall offend. I cannot be offended with my trade. Please you to name it. How long have you been of this profession? Ever since I can remember. Did you go to it so young? Were you a gamester at five or at seven? Earlier too, sir, if now I be one. Why... The house you dwell in proclaims you to be a creature of sale. Do you know this house to be a place of such resort and will come into it? I hear say you are of honorable parts and are the governor of this place. Why, hath your principal made known unto you who I am? Who is my principal? Why, your herb woman, she that sets seeds and roots of shame and iniquity? Oh, you have heard something of my power, and so stand aloof for more serious wooing. But I protest to thee, pretty one, my authority shall not see thee, or else look friendly upon thee. Come, bring me to some private place. Come, come. If you were born to honor, show it now. If put upon you, make the judgment good that thought you worthy of it. How's this? How's this? Some more, be sage. For me that am a maid, though most ungentle fortune have placed me in this sty where, since I came, diseases have been sold dearer than physic. Oh, that the gods would set me free from this unhallowed place, though they did change me to the meanest bird that flies in the purer air. I did not think thou couldst have spoke so well, ne'er dreamed thou couldst. Had I brought hither a corrupted mind, thy speech had altered it. Hold, here's gold for thee. Persevere in that clear way thou goest, and the gods strengthen thee. The good gods preserve you. For me, be you thoughten that I came with no ill intent, 
for to me the very doors and windows savor vilely. Fare thee well, thou art a piece of virtue, and I doubt not but thy training hath been noble. Hold, here's more gold for thee, a curse upon him. Die he like a thief that robs thee of thy goodness. If thou dost hear from me, it shall be for thy good. Gold re-enters. I beseech your honor, one piece for me. Avant, thou damned doorkeeper, your house, but the but for this virgin that doth profit, would sink and overwhelm you away. Lysimachus exits. How's this? We must take another course with you. If your peevish chastity, which is not worth a breakfast in the cheapest country under the cope, shall undo a whole household, let me be gelded like a spaniel. Come your ways. Whither would you have me? I must have your maidenhead taken off, but the common hangman shall execute it. Come your ways. We'll have no more gentlemen driven away. Come your ways, I say. Audrey enters. How now? What's the matter? Worse and worse, mistress. She has here spoken holy words to the Lord Lysimachus. Oh, abominable. She makes our profession as if it were to stink before the face of the gods. Mary, hang her up forever. The nobleman would have dealt with her like a nobleman, and she sent him away. As cold as a snowball. Saying his prayers, too. Bolt, take her away. Use her at thy pleasure. Crack the glass of her virginity and make the rest malleable. And if she were a thornier piece of ground than she is, she shall be plowed. Hark, hark, you gods! She conjures away with her. But she had never come within my doors. Mary, hang you! She's born to undo us. Will you not go the way of womankind? Mary, come up, my dish of chastity with rosemary and bays. Bod exits. <laughs> come, mistress. Come your ways with me. Whither wilt thou have me? To take from you the jewel you hold so dear. Prithee, tell me one thing first. Ha! Come now, your one thing. What canst thou wish thine enemy to be? Why, I could wish him to be my master, or rather my mistress. Neither of these are so bad as thou art, since they do better thee in their command. Thou holdst a place for which the painedest fiend of hell would not in reputation change. Thou art the damned doorkeeper to every coistrel that comes inquiring for his tib. To the caloric fisting of every rogue thy ear is liable. Thy food is such as hath been belched on by infected lungs. <laughs> what would you have me do? Go to the wars, would you? Or a man may serve seven years for the loss of a leg and have not money enough in the end to buy him a wooden one? <laughs> do anything but this thou doest. Empty old receptacles or common shores of filth 
serve by indenture to the common hangman. Any of these ways are yet better than this. For what thou professest, a baboon, could he speak, would own a name too dear. Oh, that the gods would safely deliver me from this place! Here, here's gold for thee. If that thy master would gain by thee, proclaim that I can sing, weave, sew, and dance with other virtues, which I'll keep from boast, and I will undertake all these to teach. I doubt not, but this populous city will yield many scholars. But can you teach all this you speak of? Prove that I cannot. Take me home again and prostitute me to the basest groom that doth frequent your house. Well, I will see what I can do for thee. If I can place thee, I will. But amongst honest women. Faith, but my acquaintance lies little among them. Since my master and mistress have bought you, there's no going but by their consent. Therefore, I will make them acquainted with your purpose. And I doubt not I shall find them tractable enough. Come, I'll do for thee what I can. Come your ways. Marina thus the brothel scapes, and chances into an honest house, our story says. She sings like one immortal, and she dances as goddess-like to her admired lays. Deep clerks she dumbs, and with her needle composes nature's own shape of bud, bird, branch, or berry that even her art sisters the natural roses. Her inkle, silk, twin with the rubied cherry, that pupils lacks she none of noble race who pour their bounty on her and her gain. And to him in his barge with fervor highs, in your supposing once more put your sight of heavy Pericles, think this his bark, where what is done in action more, if might, shall be discovered. Please you, sit and hark. Scene one. On board Pericles' ship, off Mytilene, but next to a Tyrian vessel. Pericles is reclined to a couch on deck. Enter two sailors, one belonging to the Tyrian vessel, the other to the barge. Where is Lord Helicanus? He can resolve you. Oh, here he is. Sir, there's a barge put off from Mytilene, and in it is Lysimachus, the governor, who craves to come aboard. What is your will? That he have his. Call up some gentlemen. Oh, gentlemen, my lord calls. Gentlemen, there's some of worth would come aboard. I pray ye, greet them fairly. The gentlemen and the two sailors descend, and go on board the barge. Enter from thence, Lysimachus and lords with the gentlemen and the two sailors. Sir, this is the man that can, in aught you would, resolve you. Hail, reverend sir, the gods preserve you. And you, sir, to outlive the age I am, and die as I would do. You wish me well, being on shore, honoring of Neptune's triumphs, seeing this goodly vessel ride before us, I made to it to know of whence you are. First, what is your place? I am the governor of this place you lie before. Sir, our vessel is of Tyre, in it the king, a man for who this three months hath not spoken to any one, nor taken sustenance but to prorogue his grief. Upon what ground is his distemperature? Twould be too tedious to repeat. 
but the main grief springs from the loss of a beloved daughter and a wife. May we not see him? You may, but bootless is your sight. He will not speak to any. Yet let me obtain my wish. Behold him. This was a goodly person, till the disaster that one mortal night drove him to this. Sir King, all hail. The gods preserve you. Hail, royal sir. It is in vain. He will not speak to you. Sir, we have a maid in my Tlene. I durst wager would win some words of him. Tis well bethought. She questionless with her sweet harmony and other chosen attractions would allure and make a battery through his deafened parts, which now are midway stopped. She is all happy as the fairest of all, and with her fellow maids is now upon the leafy shelter that abuts against the island's side. A lord goes off in the barge of Lysimachus. Sure. All's effectless, yet nothing will omit that bears recovery's name. But, since your kindness we have stretched thus far, let us beseech you that for our gold we may provision have, wherein we are not destitute for want, but weary for the staleness. Oh, sir, a courtesy, which if we should deny the most just gods for every graph would send a caterpillar, and so afflict our province. Yet once more let me entreat to know at large the cause of your king's sorrow. Sit, sir. I will recount it to you. But see, I am prevented. The lord re-enters from the barge with Marina and a young lady. Oh, here is the lady that I sent for. Welcome, fair one. It's not a goodly presence. She's a gallant lady. She's such a one that were I well assured came of a gentle, kind, and noble stock, I'd wish no better choice, and think me rarely wed. Fair one, all goodness that consists in bounty expect even here, where is a kingly patient. If that thy prosperous and artificial feet can draw him but to answer thee in aught, thy sacred physic shall receive such pay as thy desires can wish. Sir, I will use my utmost skill in his recovery, provided that none but I and my companion maid be suffered to come near him. Come, let us leave her, and the gods make her prosperous. See, she will speak to him. Hail, sir, my lord, Lendir. I am a maid, my lord, that ne'er before invited eyes, but have been gazed on like a comet. She speaks, my lord, that maybe hath endured a grief might equal yours, if both were justly weighed. Though wayward fortune did malign my state, <laughs> my derivation ah! was from ancestors who ah! stood equivalent ah! with mighty kings. But... Time yeah, okay. hath rooted out my parentage, to and to the now. world and awkward casualties bound me in servitude. I will desist, but there is something glows upon my cheek and whispers in mine ear. Go not till he speak. My fortunes. Parentage. Could parentage to equal mine? Was it not thus? What say you? I said, my lord, if you did know my parentage, you would not do me violence. I do think so. Pray you, turn your eyes upon me. You are like something that... What country, woman? Here of these shores? No, nor of any shores. Yet I was mortally brought forth and am no other than I appear. I am... Great with woe, and shall deliver weeping. My dearest wife was like this maid, and 
such a one my daughter might have been. My queen's square brows, her stature to an inch, as wand-like straight, as silver-voiced, her eyes as jewel-like and cased as richly. In pace, another Juno, who starves the ears she feeds and makes them hungry the more she gives them speech. Where do you live? Where I am but a stranger. From the deck you may discern the place. Where were you bred? And how achieved you these endowments which you make more rich to owe? If I should tell my history, it would seem like lies disdained in the reporting. Privy, speak. Alsness cannot come from thee, for thou lookest modest as justice, and thou seemest a palace for the crowded truth to dwell in. I will believe thee, and make my senses credit thy relation to points that seem impossible. For thou lookest like one I loved indeed. What were thy friends? Didst thou not say, when, when I did push thee back, which was when I perceived thee, that thou camest from good descending? So indeed I did. Port thy parentage. I think thou saidest thou hast been tossed from wrong to injury, and thou thoughtest thy griefs might equal mine if both were open. Some such thing I said, but said no more, but what my thoughts did warrant me was likely. Tell thy story. If thine consider it prove the thousandth part of my endurance, thou art a man, and I have suffered like a girl. Yet thou dost look like patience gazing on night's graves and smiling extremity out of act. What were thy friends? How lost thou them? Thy name, my most kind virgin, recount, I do beseech thee, come, sit by me. My name is Marina. Oh, I am mocked, and thou by some incensed gods and hither to make the world laugh at me. Patience, good sir, or here I'll cease. Nay, I'll be patient. Little knowest how, how thou dost startle me to call thyself Marina. The name was given to me by one that had some power, my father, and a king. How? A king's daughter? And call it Marina? You said you would believe me, but not to be a troubler of your peace, I will end here. But are you flesh and blood? Have you a working pulse and are no fairy? Motion. Well, speak on. Where were you born? And wherefore called Marina? Called Marina, for I was born at sea. At sea? What mother? My mother was the daughter of a king who died the minute I was born, as my good nurse Lycorida hath oft delivered weeping. Oh, stop there a little. This is the rarest dream that erled or sleep did mock sad fools withal. 
This cannot be. My daughter's buried. Well, where were you bred? I'll hear you more to the bottom of your story and never interrupt you. You scorn. Believe me, t'were the best I did give o'er. I will believe you by the syllable of what you shall deliver. Yet give me leave. How came you in these parts? Where were you bred? The king my father did in Tarsus leave me, till cruel Cleon with his wicked wife did seek to murder me, and having wooed a villain to attempt it, who, having drawn to do it, a crew of pirates came and rescued me, brought me to Mytilene. But, good sir, whither will you have me? Why do you weep? It may be you think me an impostor. No, good faith. I am the daughter to King Pericles, if good King Pericles be. Oh, Galicanus Calls my lord. Thou art a grave and noble counsellor, most wise in general. Tell me, if thou canst, what this maid is, or what is like to be that thus hath made me weep. I know not, but here is the regent, sir, of Mytilene, speaks nobly of her. She would never tell her parentage, being demanded that. She would sit still and weep. Oh, Alicanus, strike me, honored sir, give me a gash, put me to present pain, lest this great sea of joys rushing upon me or bears the shores of my mortality and drown me with their sweetness. Oh, come hither, thou that begetst him, I did beget. Thou that wast born at sea, buried at Tarsus, and found at sea again. Oh, Helicanus, down on thy knees, thank the holy gods as loud as thunder threatens us. This is Marina. What was thy mother's name? Tell me but that, for, for truth, can never be confirmed enough. No doubts did ever sleep. First, sir, I pray, what is your title? I am Pericles of Tyre. But tell me now, my drowned queen's name, as in the rest you said, thou hast been godlike perfect. The heir of kingdoms, and another liked Pericles, thy father. Is it no more to be your daughter than to say my mother's name was Thaisa? Thaisa was my mother, who did end the minute I began. Now, blessing on thee, rise, thou art my child. Give me fresh garments, mine own, Helicanus. She is not dead at Tarsus, as she should have been by savage Cleon. She shall tell thee all. When thou shalt kneel and justify in knowledge, she is thy very princess. Who is this? Sir, tis the governor of Mytilene, who, hearing of your melancholy state, did come to see you. I embrace you. Uh, give me my robes. I am wild in my beholding. Oh, heavens, bless my girl. But our, it nips me unto listening. And thick slumber hangs upon mine eyes. Let me rest. Pericles faints. 
a pillow for his head. So leave him all. Well, my companion friends, if this but answer to my just belief, I'll well remember you. All disappear except Pericles. The goddess Diana appears to Pericles as in a vision. My temple stands in Ephesus. Hie thee thither, and do upon mine altar sacrifice. There, when my maiden priests are met together before the people all, reveal how thou at sea didst lose thy wife. To mourn thy crosses with thy daughters, call and give them repetition to the life. Or perform my bidding, or thou livest in woe. Do it, and happy, by my silver bow. Awake, and tell thy dream. Diana disappears. Celestial Diane, goddess Argentine, I will obey thee. Helicatus! Helicanus, Lysimachus, and Marina reappear. Sir? My purpose was for Tarsus, there to strike thee in hospital, Cleon. But I am for other service first. Towards Ephesus, turn our blown sails. Eftsoons I'll tell thee why. Shall we refresh us, sir, upon your shore? and give you gold for such provision as our intents will need. Sir, with all my heart, and when you come ashore, I have another suit. You shall prevail were it to woo my daughter, for it seems you have been noble towards her. Sir, lend me your arm. Come, my marina. Scene two. Before the temple of Diana at Ephesus, Thaisa stands near the altar with Saramon and other high priestesses. Pericles enters with Lysimachus, Lycanus, Marina, and a lady. Hail, Diane, to perform thy just command, I here confess myself the king of Tyre, who frighted from my country did wed at Petopolis the fair Thaisa. At sea in childbed died she, but brought forth a maid child called Marina. Who, oh, goddess, where's yet my silver livery? She, at Tarsus, was nursed with Cleon, who at fourteen years he sought to murder. But her better stars brought her to Mytilene, against whose shore riding her fortunes brought the maid aboard us, whereby her most clear remembrance she made known herself my daughter. Voice and favor? You are... You are... Oh, royal Pericles! Thaisa faints. What, what means the nun? She dies! Help! Gentlemen! Noble sir, if you have told Diana's altar true, this is your wife. Reverend Pierre, no. I threw her overboard with these very arms. Upon this coast, I warned you. Tis most certain. Look to the lady. Oh, she's but o'erjoyed. Early in blustering morn, this lady was thrown upon this shore. I oped the coffin, found their rich jewels, recovered her, and placed her here in Diana's temple. May we see them? Great sir, they shall be brought you to my house. Whither I invite you, look. Thaisa is recovered. Let me look. 
If he be none of mine, my sanctity will to my sense bend no licentious ear, but curb it, spite of seeing. Oh, my lord, are you not Pericles? Like him you spake, like him you are. Did you not name a tempest, a birth, and death? The voice of the dead, Thaisa. That Thaisa am I, supposed dead and drowned. Immortal Diane. Now I know you better. When we with tears parted Pentopolis, the king, my father, gave you such a ring. Thaisa shows Pericles a ring. Take this, this no more, you gods. Your present kindness makes my past misery sports. You shall do well that on the touching of her lips I may melt and no more be seen. Oh, come, be buried a second time within these arms. My heart leaps to be gone into my mother's bosom. Marina kneels to Thaisa. Look who kneels here, flesh of thy flesh. Tysa, thy burden at the sea, and call it Marina, for she was yielded there. Blessed, and mine own. Cure, Diane. Bless thee for thy vision. I will offer night oblations to thee. Tysa, this prince, the, the fair betrothed of your daughter, shall marry her at Pentopolis. And now, this ornament. Makes me look dismal, will I clip to form? And what this fourteen years no razor touched? To grace thy marriage day, I'll beautify. We'll celebrate their nuptials, and ourselves will in that kingdom spend our following days. Our son and daughter shall in Tyrus reign. Lord Ceremon, we do our logging stay to hear the rest untold. Sir, leads the way.